Stop Plays Podcast. With Kombucha. Another episode is here. What so, was that? We normally talk with Kombucha. Oh. <laughs> uh, Decided to have a can for the episode. Um, just finished watching a movie myself. I watched uh, The Menu. Been uh, working through some horror movies, and uh, I saw that was on HBO a couple weeks ago, I think. Pretty new. So if I give it a watch, and uh, wasn't bad. It was more of like a satire horror. Um, mm-hmm. No surprise that um, Adam McKay and Will Ferrell were involved, because if you watch Succession, it's not exactly the same, but it kind of has some um, similar elements. But uh, we are here for another episode. And I know we normally break into sports. Um, I thought I'd switch it up. And because after, I swear to God, the last two weeks after we recorded, the biggest music news just like, just comes out. And it's like, we've just had the episode. And uh, I don't know if that'll happen tomorrow. Um, But last week was wild because we had, on our last recording, we talked about how the day after recorded, the Boy Genius came out. Um, more info regarding like the national release came out, but again, no uh, pre-orders, no release dates or anything. And then after we recorded, when I was at work the next day, it's like shit hit the fan, and a ton of I spent like a hundred bucks like one day last week. <laughs> it hit hard, um, and it was just wild because I was not expecting all of it to drop on the same day. So uh, how I had the sensory overload just by the pure um, announcement of things, uh, it then hit even harder uh, when the pre-orders came out. So the first one that I was actually kind of uh, wasn't anticipating buying at all was the uh, the Fuckboy announcement, which it's their first new record, I think, since 2018. And uh, I mean, honestly... I think I told you in chat, like, and I, I've told my uh, one of my friends that I work with that um, really the last two albums I haven't been, like, on at all for them. Uh, it, it seems kind of like uh, arena rock kind of stuff, and I just haven't been into it, really. Um, I didn't mind Save Rock and Roll with that first record when they came back. Uh, it was okay. It was, like, eight songs I kind of enjoyed off of it and didn't hate it. But then the last two have just been kind of like, eh. Um, so I saw the pre-order announcements on uh, this Reddit group that I follow. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. And so I thought, I'll listen to the song. Um, I can't remember if I bought the if I pre-ordered or if I listened to the song first. But uh, I thought, well, worst case scenario, it's, it's limited to like 2,000 copies or something. The one I was able to get. Uh, I, worst case scenario, I don't like it. I can sell it and flip and get my money back basically and uh i listened to the song and i was like hmm played it again and i was like all right all right i'm in this is good this uh is very reminiscent of like that um mid uh stuff they're releasing which uh as i dove into the record uh or the song i guess uh they're working uh noah avron produced the entire record and he did from under the cork tree as well as uh worked on folia do and um infinity on high as well uh, they're back on Fuel by Ramen, so they were on uh, Island, uh, which is a major label, and I think they were co-released via 
um, uh, de decadence or de decadence or whatever it's called. Pete Wentz's label is imprint on uh, Fuel by Ramen, but uh, they were still on a major label for everything but um, Jake the Steer Grave. Right. So they're back on Fuel by Ramen and they're working with Neil. So just it it definitely the first single captures that sound. So I'm definitely not disappointed. I pre-order it. Well, I love the record. Who knows? Uh, am I anticipating it? Well, it's on my radar now versus like if I would have heard the announcement previously, I might've been like, eh. So that was kind of a surprise for me. And then, yeah, I uh, go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was going to say, I did read an article uh, recently because I, I like the new song. It's good. Um, it's still very kind of like arena. It has some of their like uh, more like pop punk, uh, edgier uh, sound mixed in, but overall, it you know it's still pretty produced. It's got a lot of strings yeah. and stuff, which I don't mind. I think it sounds pretty darn good. Uh, but what I had said when we had talked about it was, I wanted, I needed to hear more before I was going to buy it. Well, I haven't heard more, but obviously because they haven't put out another song yet but i read this article yeah. with i think it's the yeah i think it's patrick stump the singer and it was i'm pretty sure it was him and it was just saying that this is very much a follow-up to uh, like fully on do and infinity on high i guess that's the album after that i don't remember the orders because i really haven't been that into them since okay reverse um so affinity on high and folly on infinity Duty. on high then fully okay Duty before they broke up yeah and then since then there was like save rock and roll came out after that american beauty um and also anyways american psycho oh um, terrible record <laughs> i really haven't listened to them much since from on under the court tree because it went very they they went a lot more poppy studio and so this says but anyways yeah. the article said that this was much more a follow-up to infinity on high and fully do if people and it specifically said if people are expecting a big like pop punk album it's not that at all so after reading that i was like oh well yeah then i'm probably not going to be that interested personally not saying it won't be good, but it's just not a sound that I'm really interested in. Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I can definitely see that from your perspective. Now, Fall Out Boy is just one of those bands up until Folia Do I really really enjoyed. Um, I think that my favorite obviously is Cork Tree. Like it, it, that's like a, a high like that's a landmark album for me personally. Even though as a whole album, you know, if you compare it to other records, it's definitely not you know, equal footing, but for me personally, on a personal, you know, uh, life, uh, type thing, it's a landmark album. And it was like dramatically had a, an effect on me, um, from a music perspective. So I will always love that record so much, but, um, I think fully do is probably the best. It has like a nice blend of, uh, definitely more mature songwriting. Uh, the best vocals I think of any fall boy record, um, a lot of quality songwriting, they start incorporating like piano and whatnot, like, like into the actual songs, um, you know, I think uh, fully. Um, but I, I think that's probably their best record 
but so i mean i'm not disappointed i like that direction like as long, i just didn't care for like the straight up like centuries or or things like that kind of arena rock that's like literally just like i feel like i'm gonna be um at the baseball game and they're gonna play this song and it's just all chorus and there's not just like a lot to it other than that and i think a couple of the songs because i did make it through mania like once or twice and the lack of like real drums or guitar on some of the tracks was kind of like eh um and so that's supposed supposedly back um and i'm fine with that that kind of sound or whatnot so i'm kind of just it's definitely on my radar now um again it's a record that i don't know for sure i'll be keeping but it's it's one that i pre-ordered um and so far no regrets so we'll go with it that way it's a glow in a dark i think it's I think it's glow in the dark. It's the one of two thousand. I was wanting the one with one thousands, like the marble stardust, whatever. But it was sold out by the time I was hitting purchase. It wasn't when I first went to the link, but you know, Fall Boy. I, that's why I bought the two thousands. I thought easily that's going to sell out, and then at least I have records that will hold value. So, but yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't look at what they were, but I do think I remember you saying um, glow in the dark. But I hadn't like looked at what the options are. Yeah. So after that, like two hours, uh, so probably around noontime. Um, I don't know where I was when it dropped, but I was like, I gotta get because we were talking about it already. Like we were both excited for Boy Genius, and Boy Genius drops with like right what two variants on their website, yep. a bunch of merch, and um, almost simultaneously the national drops as well. <laughs> And it talked about like just I, I was trying to get every link that I could to see what variant I wanted. Um I was pretty sure from the Boy Genius stuff that I saw, I've only seen I think I want to say four different variants or five different variants, because outside of their website, they had a clear one somewhere, which you know I, I just want one clear record, I'm good after that. I don't need any more clear records after one. Uh Urban Outfitters had one. I want to say theirs might have been white. Uh, Target has an orange one. And then on the Boy Genius website, it was a blue. And it was a silver, if memory serves. And I think I got the blue one. I think we both got the same one. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm kind of like asking as a question to you. I know I just got the one on their site. Like I, at whenever I was looking to buy, those were the only ones I, I knew of were the what yeah. was listed on their site and I'm pulling it up, but I don't remember for sure what the different ones were at this point. Uh, but it, I was think it was a silver and blue. it was a blue like, one, one that, that I was silver got. and then one that was like a blue. Okay. That's how I got to. And it wasn't like, it didn't look like a straight up blue. It looked like a blue with something else in it. Like maybe a marble of some kind, maybe. Yeah, there's yeah, there's definitely a little. It's not just a solid color blue. There is a little bit of like marbly, and um, yeah. looks like there may be a little bit of like white mixed in. So instead of it just being like black marble look to it, it looks like it's maybe more of a little like white. Um, but yeah, it's kind of that marble looking design. Uh, and yeah, I didn't even realize there were more. But yeah, that dropped like you said, the national drop. And and three songs from Boy Genius as well. So it wasn't just the record, which we like with merch too, which I did get um I did get uh, uh one of the shirts because I just thought it looked like a cool design. Uh kind of looked like eighties ish in a way. Um 
but uh yeah i ended up getting that in one of the vinyl records uh which was nice because at that point i could do shop pay and i was like fantastic <laughs> with everything that's coming out today cool let me spread this over four payments and um yeah i was pretty pretty stoked about that uh because i know we were both looking forward to the drop and really you're you're correct the the first ones that really dropped were the ones on their site and i just was like all right i'm getting these right away because they're they're site exclusive so i was like they're gonna sell out and then you know i'll I'll be i'll be set but then later that's when i noticed the other couple colors that came out but again neither one was really that intriguing to me so i was like it's fine (laughs) um but yeah that dropped and then the national uh i was uh looking at one on their website for cherry tree club members which i am a part of that group because again you get a free vinyl every year you get like this year it came with like a pencil and some patches and some coasters and a book where you can like uh like a field notes book it's actually pretty nice and like again you get first dibs on tickets like very very nice seats that's why i was like front row at pittsburgh um and I did just get that record. I can't remember if it was last week when we recorded or, or uh, just after it. But I uh, finally got all the volumes. So I'm caught up on that. But uh, they had a Cherry Tree exclusive, which was the right white variant, which is, I guess, you know, seems like it was out most places. But the Cherry Tree Club one came with an exclusive um, flexi disc of a B-side that, I guess not a B-side. I guess it was a single they released with Bon Iver um, already. But it's not on the record. Um, it didn't make the cut, or if it's going to be on another release at some point, I don't know. Um, but this is the first physical release of it on a um, flexi disc. So basically, I bought that record because I knew that even if I just sold the other one for twenty bucks, I'm paying like ten bucks, and I included shipping, uh, and it's well worth the flexi disc for like ten bucks, you know, shipped to me. So I bought that. Um, and the, re- the reason I say I'd, I would flip it is because Spotify came out with one and it was on green and I was all about it. So, uh, of course I got the Spotify variant, which sold out really quick. Um, so I plan on keeping that in just the flexi disc and selling the white. And those, that was just one whole day of just music and releases and just trying to figure out what to buy and, and what not to buy. <laughs> um, it hit hard. Yeah, been, I, as soon as the, the albums were announced, like the previous weekend, it was going to happen probably at some point the, pre, the next week. And when it hit, it hit hard. My wallet. Uh, yeah. Oh. All right. So where are we on your predictions of releases? Uh, so we got Boy Genius, which everyone kind of expected, uh, but still it was a prediction. Boy Genius, National. If you If you... Yeah, if you count, um, I said solo projects from all three people in Boy Genius. And uh, just to throw this out to you, I, and thought we, well, I, I thought we said a Boy Genius album. Um, after they got announced for Coachella, I did say they're going to release right. it on this year because there's no yeah. way they're playing a, a, a like a, a they're higher up on the set list. And I was like, there is no way that they're playing a set of like their own songs and like the six songs from uh, the EP they're coming out with something new um but uh to you and our listeners right they they did um a rolling stone cover right which is just wow big yep. uh read the article it's really good it's a longer article but you can find it online um any of the social media will probably have a link to it definitely what it would say check that out it's a very good piece and uh they're going on a full, full tour so it won't be just this coachella show um they they are playing like a, a massive tour and this project um 
we might have mentioned the last episode uh it is on a major label so all of them themselves are you know on indie record labels but this project is on interscope so it's going to be getting a ton of push i would imagine late night shows uh obviously they're head like i would i wouldn't say headlining but they're high up on the list of coachella um if there's probably a festival or two more maybe unnamed and i would say a big tour of some kind as well this year maybe like a big summer tour if phoebe sold out 5k in pittsburgh there's no doubt in my mind that this would sell out something similar yeah i think it would do well regardless um it's just especially with being on the major label uh, but so we got one, two. Um, With the national, right? Yeah, yeah, that makes two. I can't remember if you had predicted Fallout Boy or not. I didn't, uh, mainly because okay. I've been so off of them lately. Uh, just like I said, just because it's not something that I've been really been into. Um, Daughter was one. Uh, which yep, so that's which three. was a which was a surprise. Uh, Paramore kind of like you know had a feeling about that um yeah you mentioned it yeah you definitely mentioned it and they are saying they are going to do something so before city and color was not announced that was uh, that was another one that was on my list that said city and color he is doing they, some oh, dates. but he no he just announced now pre-order on friday that's why i couldn't I spent so much last week oh did he yeah that i couldn't do the friday stuff as well like i was like yeah i'm just gonna have to get either on a resale site or just get a plain standard copy or indie exclusive or whatever it is. Cause Newberry sold out really quick. I forgot about it. It was like at 10 AM Eastern and they had a cool variant at Newberry. And it was like, I think a signed card or something with it. I just really wanted the variant, but it sold out like super quick. And um, they had a tan colored one, but then again, like I said, I just dropped so much money. I didn't want to pay another like probably 40 bucks right. to, to ship from Canada on the dine alone site. I liked their exclusive like a tan uh, galaxy color but uh again too much money i dropped last week i couldn't get it as well so but that's another one i called i'm i'm just crushing these picks yeah all right so so already it's not even it's not even february and you five of your predictions have come to light that's pretty good that's really good and and Allie and aj is coming out this year too but again I've kind of being in their club thing. I kind of know. So six, <laughs> six right now. You knew about that one. So that's not really a predict. That's a known commodity. All right. I'll give you that. I mean, it still counts, but yeah, it's not one that we didn't know for sure. So, so I'm just going on the ones that like you didn't know about, you know, we didn't know about these other than guessing so yeah that's still that's still doing pretty darn good on the picks uh there was also so so some so out of those releases you know like i'm i'm tapped in on the boy genius we've already discussed like fallout boy and as our listeners Mm -hmm. would know i'm just not i'm not into the national like you are and also or really pair more anymore um but yeah there were some other stuff uh that really that pre-orders last week that i wasn't expecting uh the bouncing souls are coming out with a new album they have been around since the 90s really really maybe even late 80s i think 90 or i think early 90s 
a really, really good punk band that I like a lot. Uh, so they have a new album coming out called 10 Stories High. I pre-ordered that. And then the metalcore band Jesus Peace. Uh, they also released a, uh, a, they announced a pre-order. So like for an album, knew the album was coming. So uh, didn't know about Bouncing Souls. Knew that Jesus Peace was working on a new album. They had already released a song that's really good. Uh, but they dropped the pre-order, which, like you, because of spending money and just trying to be careful, um, I did not buy Jesus Peace. I did not. I didn't. I wanted to. I, I know like that it. was hard for you because you sent me yeah, two messages it was. of the same thing, like, God, I wish I would have bought I that. really want. <laughs> yeah, I really want Jesus Peace. So, yeah, the new album is going to be called So Unknown. It's actually like ellipsis, you know, like dot, dot, dot. So Unknown is the album. Yeah. And they have two singles out now, An Offering to the Night and Gates of Horn. And there's uh, music videos for both of them. They're pretty intense. Uh, Really, really heavy. I really like them. They were a band that I had never heard of before. And they were playing Furnace Fest last year, and I was walking by the stage, and I was like, and I got so um, intrigued by them. I was enjoying it so much, I actually stopped and watched almost their entire set before going to catch Soul Glow. And uh, come to find out, our buddy Brett, who's been on here before, and then uh, his girlfriend, our friend Leanne, they know the lead singer a little bit. So like he, oh, they don't know the. Uh, I thought it was the drummer. The let me see. Uh, he, I think, I think he works okay. at a tattoo shop near them, and and so I think that sounds right. Where he is is where he works is real close to a brewery that they go to, and they said that they've seen him in the brewery a bunch of times. So they talked to him a little bit. So they they recognized him when I shared like a live video during their set, like, Ooh, this band I really like. And they, they didn't, they didn't know about the band, but they reckon they knew he was in a band, I think. And then they recognized. Yeah. Yeah, They just didn't know to like, what, what the band is or anything. Right. But they recognized him and was like, Oh wow. So, um, so that's cool. So I'm, I'm excited for that. And then uh, Lucero dropped another song off of their upcoming album that I really liked. Uh, so these aren't, those were the only pre-orders I did though, was bound, oh wait, no, that's a lie. I also, I would have <laughs> probably, I would have probably bought Jesus Peace, but I did end up buying the Can't Swim um, pre-order. Oh, because, the one I sent to you? Yes. And so there's, they already have like two or three songs out for it. And also the vinyl, Mm -hmm. if the actual vinyl looks like that mock-up, it's really cool. It is a, yeah. It looks awesome. The name of the album. I've only heard a couple songs from them that popped mm -hmm. up. Yeah. The name of the album is Thanks But No Thanks. And so they have two tracks out now and I like them. They're like, they're, they I guess you would say they're like a 
post-hardcore punk band. A little, um, some some of their releases have been a little more pop punk, still on the heavier side. Um, but I would, for the most part, I would say they're 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 somewhere they're they're a mix of the post-hardcore and punk and and punk. I really like them, except for one or two albums that were kind of experimental that really just was like, no, uh, I've liked all their releases. So I was like, I like this, and the variant looks incredible. Now, if if you it if, does. I, if I had not known about it, I very likely would have gotten the Jesus piece. Fine, I mean that's just the way it is. It's only I only have so much money, and I need to be. I don't want to spend too much, uh, but but yeah, there was those. Then there was also like more Lucero releases, uh, or one more single off of their upcoming album that comes out in February. Uh, there was, and then there's also our buddies over at Friend Club um, got some stuff coming out. So there's a band uh, that's been on their roster for a while. I have uh, an an EP on vinyl from this band uh, called the band's name is floor bird. One word floor and bird, but it's one word. Uh, they have an EP that came out in 2020 called fall apart anywhere. That's good. They're like emo, you know, emo rock really, I really like their stuff. They had, they released a new single called pipe bomb uh, this past Friday. And it's really good. But then there's also a band that has, off them that's more of a that's a little more on the punk side uh called resignation like when you turn in when you quit a job you turn in your resignation uh and they released a single on friday called apologies necessary if you follow our top plays instagram i i mentioned both of these releases in a uh, Instagram story, but they're both really good. And my guess is Floorbird's working on an album. If I don't know that, it could just be a single. Uh, definitely Resignation is working on, on an album because even though it's listed as a single on Apple Music, the artwork is an album cover. And they put out a single near the end of last year that has the same uh, album artwork. So they are, looks like they are working towards an album release. So both of those are also really good. And I'm sure there's some more, uh, but those are the uh, ones that I've mainly focused on uh, that came out this week. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of music info between pre-orders and uh, songs and stuff being released. It was a really, a it was a really dry year so far. Like that's that's funny because like our first couple episodes that we you know since we came back really, I mean, pretty thin on the music side. Like I haven't had much of anything just because there hasn't been anything other than maybe me ordering something or hearing a, a cool soundtrack or something uh, while I'm watching uh, a movie or a TV show. And this, especially with like the actual pre-orders and everything launching, it was just like a ton of stuff at one time. It was like very overwhelming whereas i think after they all like announced things and whatnot that that evening i still just like thinking about it all was very overwhelming like sensory overload and they 
can compare it to is um, when I was younger and you go into like Toys R Us or another toy store for like the first time, or maybe just like you just see the mass volume of toys in front of you. It's like, oh my God, there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> I can go down all these aisles. That's kind of what it felt like just having all these pre-orders and everything. Um, yeah, so I just had to like take some time and just kind of gather myself when I came home that night. It was pretty wild, but uh, a very good week for music, very bad yeah. week for my wallet is kind of how it lays out. But if I guess if you think about it, really it was, any, it was four pre-orders, but really willing to be four, uh, three rather by the time that I saw that one national record so at least we'll um probably only have like 80 dollars or so in those three records which isn't terrible 80 to 90 so yeah i did pretty good because i ended up actually only buying i guess two i bought can't swim i think that's it did i buy another one i would i feel like i bought the three other than boy genius right i did boy genius i did can't swim I feel like I bought another one, but I guess not. I guess I... Oh, yeah, I did. Bouncing Souls. Oh, yes. So I bought three. Um, overall, o- overall good week for that. Um, I finally got the... Uh, I had pre-ordered, like, I guess it would have been, like, the day I got paid. Um, you know that I've been wanting a copy of uh, Fear Fun by Father John Misty. And... Uh, it could have been just a black copy. I didn't care because most of the color variants go a little higher, like 40 bucks. That's like double what you can get the regular black pressing of it for. Right. And uh, someone posted the red Newberry variant for 30 bucks. And I was like, all right, that's cheap enough because like a, a black variant is probably between 20 and 25 anyway. Might as well pay extra five bucks and get a variant. So uh, the red variant came and I've listened to it twice. And there's a whole story, which uh, looks like a short story um included with it i have not read it yet uh, i thought about it this weekend but uh after football and then just, i've been watching a lot i watch a lot of movies and and i've been watching more of um uh black mirror which i think I, I think i'm caught up on all my shows other than that so that's why i was watching some more of it but uh yeah there's just no time to read that with just so much you know going on this weekend uh football wise and everything but uh sounded great i mean it sounds good it sounds like the recording i know some people were complaining about the cesses and whatnot but that actually happens in the um the it's not it was actually the recording not the the variant pressing like if you listen to the record uh you can hear um some like the s's are kind of like a little wild here and there but that's just the actual recording of the record so yeah there's a word for that yeah it starts with an e i think but I can't think of that word right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's explosive about it. There's plosives, which is for like that that's more of a P sound. Right. That's more of a really loud puh. But there's something um for the loud S or the long drawn out uh, in recordings and then yeah i just can't think of the name right now that is a good album though i didn't remember that being a big deal now granted i have mm-hmm. i have not um listened to that that vinyl in a long time and i'm pretty sure mine is just black because when that came out i wasn't paying much attention to like color variants 
and it was a more expensive record anyways. So I probably just went with the black one, if I remember correctly. Uh, but I don't remember there being mm-hmm. much of an issue with the with the S's. Now, what I'm curious about, though, is did they all come with a short story? Or is that just Newberry? And maybe like one or two. Or if the, I wonder if that was like a special thing only certain ones came with. See, I, I don't know. Um, I didn't look enough of the variants. Um, so when I pulled it out, it kind of looks like folded up. It kind of looks like it would be uh, like a sleeve for your record. You know how some will have like a lyric page that it kind of slides into for your sleeve. It looks like that. And they just put it in like one of those uh, uh, nicer um, sleeves that's like anti-static and whatnot. But then when I looked at it, I was like, oh no, this is just like a fold-out poster. And it is literally like front and, I think front and back page and there's chapters and everything. So it'd be more of like a short story because I mean, it might be like 30 pages if that like if you're actually gonna put it you know back to back like a like a book um and that might be even overestimating it a bit but uh i like i said i didn't read it i have no idea what it's about necessarily um i tried to see just like what was like about like online and <laughs> i think the only thing i found was like a reddit thread where some people were like yeah i try to read it i haven't <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, at some point I probably will kind of like the Childish Gambino. Um, I don't, I mean, it's not, it doesn't, co- it doesn't kind of work the same way, like where you play certain songs or anything. Uh, from what I could tell, it's just like a short story he put in with the record. So I don't know if it's, um, right. that was the first album he did where he created that character, Father John Misty. So it could be kind of something similar to that, maybe. Uh, I, like I said, I haven't read it, so I don't know, but that would be my guess is like a backstory or uh, kind of something to tie into that record in, in some way. But uh, yeah. Yeah. So I pulled up, I pulled up notes on it actually. So I went on, I went on Discogs. So it does look like it's in pretty much all of the record releases. It also includes two full size, four panel foldouts that feature a 31 part story and story has quotations around it called mostly hypothetical mountains yeah yeah so So, hmm, interesting uh again at some point i'll probably read it it just i didn't have the time this weekend uh maybe when football season ends and i have more weekends free uh where i'm not spending and i because like when it comes to the games unless it's like a blowout like i'm not really checking out of the game i'm pretty much paying attention to like the entire game um but yeah that's that's all mm-hmm. that's which is i'm good i'm glad we had a week for music but uh do you have anything else you want to mention with music i mean you nailed all the releases for sure as far as like uh a ton of new songs that dropped this week <laughs> like yeah ridiculous a lot of new a lot of new stuff um i was curious like aside from just we're excited these are artists we like listening to it the only one we've really talked about is the um fallout boy like just like as a listener anything that like stood out that you really liked i know i listened to the boy genius and it's very good um but for the most part it's just it sounded like in it sounded like their solo music like i feel like an i feel like listening to it you can tell like okay this is a julian song this is a lucy song this is a phoebe song but then all three of them 
like one of them kind of takes yeah. the lead. Yeah, but all three of them are singing on, but one of them kind of takes the lead. And not not only is one of them singing seemingly the lead vocal on on each track, but like it sounds like it would be on one of their solo albums, in my opinion. Uh yeah, I think that I think you kind of nailed it there as far as well, I think that's a good way to do it. Uh, versus trying to pick, uh, let's say, one song to release, because that's what I expect is one song to release, not pretty much each artist to almost get the representation right. on that first single drop, which was kind of nice. So I did like that aspect. Um, yeah. And I don't mean it I as a complaint. Talk... Oh, no, no, um, I know. And the reason probably why I talked about the Fall Boy one more is because I think that one stood out to me the most, and just because of the sonic elements of it, more of returning to kind of like that era. Follow Boys. I think, that, I think that's why it stood out to me the most. Right. Because when I heard the Boy Genius stuff, I liked it. Uh, granted, again, I would I want to hear it in the context of an album. Um, just off the top of my head, I think that $20 stood out the most to me just because uh, I really liked, well, obviously it's a Julian, that's like the more Julian lead, but I liked the screaming that Phoebe did towards the end of it. Um, I just thought that, that really. I thought it brought a lot of the other artists into the the, yep. the mix on that song in comparison to the other two, uh, which obviously had features and you'd hear background vocals and things like that and guitar work and things you could tell that this is what they brought to the table for the song. But I thought that that right. song best uh, articulated uh, each of a little vision from them, uh, I thought, even though Julian obviously taking the lead in that song. Yeah, and I would agree. Uh, like, But yeah, the I'm assuming that's Phoebe screaming at the end because it sounds similar. Yeah, it sounds similar it to the last song on, on Punisher that she screams on. Uh, and then, like, uh, I don't remember. Other than that one, I remember that that one specifically because of the scream. But then the other two is there's an Emily, I'm sorry, and then a single called, a song called mm-hmm. True Blue. And I can't remember which one is more like singer, like songwriter, like storytelling, but that's definitely Lucy because I do feel like, yeah, True Blue. Okay. Lucy is definitely the yeah, more Blue. like um, storyteller type of uh, songwriter of the three. I mean, I, her lace, her last album, almost every single one, it's almost like reading a short story. Like she does a really good job of kind of being a storyteller, which is, I mean, that's when it comes to singer songwriter, that is a talent that's been around, you know, for many generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um Again, I can't wait to hear it because I, I think there's going to be 12 tracks. So I don't know if it'll be kind of like a similar situation where there are certain songs that people take. I mean, I would imagine definitely it holds true for half the album, but will hold true for like, is it going to be basically four songs each where that, you know, each one takes the lead? It's going to be interesting to hear. Right. I can't wait to hear it. Um, yeah. I really, really hope they do it to work because. I mean, they're definitely, they definitely would have an opener, but they could either do just Boy Genius and a couple of their songs like mixed in, but they have a lot they can do with Boy Genius. And like I said, with them getting the major label 
like push. I think that's going to be, I'm kind of intrigued to see if they get any like radio play. That's what I want. If they can catch like a single or something and break into radio, that's because um, surprisingly, I know that it was one of my songs on my, my list. I did not realize ghost in the machine. Uh, the SZA song featuring Phoebe Bridgers is actually on the radio now. <laughs> I heard it the other day. I was like, wait, what? This is on the radio? This is awesome. Phoebe Bridgers, there we go. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that, but it doesn't fully surprise me because like, SZA's been on the radio before. Yeah, uh, but it just so. was like, I mean, it's a great single as far as like, it sounds like a single, even if it wasn't released as one, it sounds like it could be. Uh, I just wasn't expecting to hear it on like top 40 radio. That's what was like so shocking. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know this was going to be up there. So, Yeah, that's really cool. As big as Phoebe got, I'm surprised that she didn't get more like radio play already with Punisher. But I mean, she- yeah, I think uh, almost an indie radio for sure. Uh, college radio, yes. But I think like mainstream pop, um, there's been nothing that like has carried over, which is weird. You never know how that's going to go. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of surprised because she had such a, she's had such a big like almost two year run, um, including when that was yeah. released. Uh, I do think it's funny that the album is just called the record. It's it just makes sense. It just seems like something they would all do, like just to call yeah. it that. Um, so I'm I'm definitely intrigued by this. I know it's a probably. I mean, it definitely vaults to very very high on my list just because I'm I'm intrigued how they all. I love these songwriters on their own uh and then when they come together they do do something special and it's a project that i wasn't really anticipating at all because especially with the way phoebe had um really captured a moment there of punisher i didn't expect a boy genius record to kind of follow you know what i'm saying like at time in some point it would not shock me at all i mean there's their friends um so i just didn't expect something so quick so awesome excited looking forward to that and then i'll be quick because i know we're getting kind of close to that mark where maybe we can flip over but uh uh as far as the national um i did hear that song live in pittsburgh and the thing that caught me by surprise is the electric drums on it uh when i heard it live and then obviously just hearing it recorded it's cool because you can you know it you know how it's going to carry over because i know one of my friends sent me a text and she was like so what do you think of the national song? I said, well, I like it. I said, I've heard it in Pittsburgh. Uh, they played two to three new songs in Pittsburgh. Um, this was one of them. I didn't know the name of it at the time, but uh, the thing that most caught me by surprise live was just the electric drums that start the song. And, and again, the hearing it recorded, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This, I mean, it works. It just is surprising for the national to kind of incorporate electric drums because they haven't done it a lot. Um, over the years so it was kind of a little little bit of a surprise but uh, again I think the reason why I just was uh, so focused on the Fallout Boy song is just because the sonic returned to a period I enjoyed more for Fallout Boy Uh, and where these other two uh, projects were definitely things I was looking forward to this year but uh, also um, not as much of a surprise with their single releases but other than the boy genius is coming back. That was more of a surprise than um, the song. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will say like um, listening to some of the other stuff, the, uh, like I said, floor bird, it's really good. I mean, I'm excited to see if they end up doing an album. It's just like really good emo rock. And then resignation. I really like, like it's definitely punk, 
the lead singer's got kind of like a gravelly voice, almost like hot water music esque um, voice, but it's good. It's punk, but it's still like accessible. Like I think you would like it. It's it's punk that you can that you can tell probably is influenced by like the emo um, error era, not error era. And so I think it's really, really good. I'm really excited for everything that um, Friend Club is doing lately. Uh, so, uh, and then uh, the last one I will mention, other than, like I said, the Jesus piece is really good too. It's heavy. It's really, really heavy. But I'm really excited about this new Lucero album because based on the singles, there's now four that have released. It's kind of a return to their more like uh, rootsy, they're a hard band to describe. Like the best way to describe them is they're Memphis, but they have a punk attitude. Even though like they used to get pretty fast, and they don't really anymore. But in general, this album so far sounds like a bit of a return to their uh, their roots. And when I think they sounded the best, which was kind of like their um, the middle of their releases because they have put out several albums at this point. And so I'm really excited for that. They are a band that's like, every time I see them live, it's like, I have to have a drink in my hand, especially for certain songs. Um, and if I'm at a place that has it, it's going to be like a whiskey, not going to be a beer. Like that's just kind of their sound. But I'm very, very excited based on what I've heard so far of it's just kind of a return to that like Memphis kind of like rootsy rock and roll. Um, but there is like a punk attitude, even though it doesn't have the speed of punk, there's like a punk attitude. Uh, so I'm really digging. I'm really, really digging and excited for it because their last release was good, but they kind of went away and it's got a bit of an 80s feel to it. And while it's good, great. I didn't dig into it um, as much as other stuff. So I'm very excited at the direction that it sounds like this album is gone. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that'll probably be about it. I, um, for me on that stuff. Again, I'm excited. The lease, the band least is coming to St. Augustine in February. So I'm really, really stoked on that. Um, I know that you've got shows. Another thing, yeah, I won't get into them. Other than I do want to mention, uh, uh, kind of like uh, also the reason why I was such a overload is also all that music I listen to. Then I see that my favorite, one of my favorites, uh, Snowmail, is coming to Morgantown. Uh, Again, not a lot of artists come here, so to see Snowmail doing a Valentine stop here uh, on like I guess the second leg of that tour now. Um, cause she did one before the turnstile run last year. So that'd been probably in the summer and she played Pittsburgh, but, uh, with snail mail coming here, it was a no brainer. I signed up for the pre-sale. I already have my ticket. I'm going, I've been telling friends, like I'm trying to get a bunch of people to go to the show because snail mail is awesome. And I can't wait to be like right in front. Cause that's definitely going to happen. You can guarantee it. Uh, and I'm going to try to get something signed like my either one of my either, um, valentine or lush but i won't talk about too much we'll plenty of time because it's not until may um 
but I was just so shocked to see her coming to Morgantown and I was like oh hell yeah definitely so yeah and then soccer mommy's on tour with the national and the Beffs. I mentioned the yeah. Beffs recently. Yes. Incredible album from 2022. And that I just didn't know about them at the time. But so Soccer Mommy is doing part of the national tour that's been announced. The Beffs are doing part. And then I forget who else. But those were the bands that caught my attention that, you know, being a fan of both of those. Yeah, so that that's exciting too. While I don't, none of the shows are coming anywhere near me where I could go, anyways. But that's exciting. Yeah, DC would be the closest national show, um, and they are playing with Soccer Mommy, which I've yet to see Soccer Mommy, so I'd love to see her live. But at the same time, like I just saw the national, and then to like organize, like okay, I got to go there, I got to spend the night, I got to come back, and it just it's just there's too much I want to do this year. Um, since I've seen them so recently, I'm going to hold off on the national for right now, especially because, you know, like soccer mom is coming here. I have two other shows that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and then like, there's still furnace fest and there's other things I'd like to do this summer. And so, yeah, just kind of like basic weeding through. Um, yeah. But uh, let's, uh, let's hop over to sports just cause I know. Oh, hold up. Uh, you mentioned okay. it. Furnace fest. So, like, this may not have been yeah. as big for you just because they're such a metal band. But huge mm-hmm. announcement this week. Not only is Teenage Wrist, which they're really good. I think you like them more than I do just because you've listened to them more than me. But they got announced, yeah. which is... They have a shoegazy kind of sound on the first record. Um, they're, they got announced that they're going to play. Valley Heart got announced that they're going to mm-hmm. play. But... The metal band X-Toll is coming back to America for the first time in like 15 or 18 years, something crazy like that. It has been something that people have been asking for. I have personally been mentioning it to Ryan Luther, which is one of the main organizers. I think he is the main booker. I think if he doesn't do all of it, he definitely does the majority of finding the bands and booking them for the festival. And ever since the Furniture Fest first got announced, and I reached out to him because we've known he and I have known each other for many years because uh, we both used to live in Tallahassee together, or not together, but at the same time. Uh, I've been mentioning Extol, and literally a week before the release, there is a picture of the Extol members all together on Instagram. And I tagged Ryan in it. And then, so for them to be announced is huge because they're a metal band that for like the majority of the Furnace Fest fan base, that's a huge deal. And for them to be coming back to America after so many years and basically been on hiatus, it's that so like as of right now, this announcement is like the closest thing to blindside announcing announcement last year. Like it's that level because it's a, it's a band from Europe that hasn't played in America in a very, very long time that had a huge impact on now more the metal scene, but had a huge impact on this 
on like the furnace fest scene uh, back in the day. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Like when you were telling me about it, like how like the 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 time since they were um, very active in touring and now to come back. So again, it it doesn't register much for me because I'm not listening to them. I'm not saying I won't listen to them or give them a listen or something, but uh, I know it was big and I I know the name yeah. uh, of the band. Like as far as like I know them by name, but I don't know them um, by music or anything. So it's definitely a band. At some point, I'll probably check into uh, just to kind of see what they sound like and everything. But uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's it's definitely we had some slow weeks there for music, and this is definitely not one of them. This is kind of like back in the groove. Uh, we had a lot going on, and then what's wild is I'm gonna try to <laughs> if you'll give it a watch or anything. But like the, um, after this weekend, we have that period whatever pro bowl weekend i don't watch that shit it's stupid but uh well now it's flag football so yeah at least i probably <laughs> won't i probably won't watch it either but i think it may actually be more entertaining because that means some of the like bigger stars that don't or like people that are going to be in a super bowl you know because there's less of a fear of getting hurt Oh, there, no one that plays in the Super Bowl does the Pro Bowl ever. They always have. They're like, still they not going to do it. No, because there's too much prep going in the Super Bowl and everything, and and everything yeah, that's happening. But uh, that week is the Grammys, yeah, so like, that'll be that'll be pretty interesting. Just from like I was like a not even for like artist. I know we talked a little bit about when they were announced and everything, but like it'll be kind of interesting from like a performance uh, kind of aspect. I was like that, um, kind of just seeing who's playing, kind of see what they do. Uh, so I don't know if too much has been announced in performances yet. I haven't really caught much of anything and I've been watching enough like CBS because of football to where I feel like that'll have at least caught some performances by. So they're probably still locking down a few things, um, with about two weeks to go, give or take. Um, but yeah, that'll be kind of, uh, intriguing to see who's going to play. And then, you know, some of our dark horses <laughs> that we'd like to win that probably won't, but you never know, uh, kind of deal. So, uh, anyway, uh, we probably should move to sports just because we are running a little later. And um, uh, normally that would be fine, but, you know, sleep. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really week, have anything for music, so. Uh, this week was, um, it didn't feel as good uh, this weekend. We don't really have to dive into, like, all the games, like, in depth like we have been or anything um i watched all the games i checked out of the eagles and giants early because that just wasn't entertaining for me after it's 27-0 um they weren't the chargers or or the eagles are not the chargers so i knew they weren't going to give up a massive lead because their defense is better and they can run the ball and i know you didn't catch much of that game uh and that's what basically what happened is they just ran all over the eagles uh, I think it was the third most rushing game, rushing yards in a playoff game ever. <laughs> so they just ran all over them um, and they couldn't be stopped. And, and I thought it was going to be an upset because the Eagles kind of looked rusty at the end of the season. Um, the Giants, you know, played them tough uh, with their bench players. And maybe they should have played the bench players <laughs> the way their starters did. Um, so, yeah, that, that game was kind of a wash for me. I watched really the first half and then I kind of just like, 
I didn't even know that like the score, the final score was like 38 to seven or whatever. Uh, I think I just tapped out of it and I think I might've seen one score that yeah. I just really didn't pay attention, even though it was on TV. So. Yeah, that one was rough. So I had been yeah. at work Saturday. And so when I got during the Jags, Oh yeah. Um, so, and we'll talk about that one, but since we start with the Eagles, we'll go with that. I, thought that would be a really good game I was really excited for that game and I just thought it would be close I didn't I didn't think the the Eagles would still be rusty like I very much thought that they could win that game but I thought it would be a close uh, mm-hmm. competitive game and so I got home when Same. I, I by the time I got home from work, uh, it was seven to nothing, and I turned on the TV, and like right after I turned on the TV, the Eagles scored again, and I was like, "Holy cow!" And then like I was just like watching it while eating while eating dinner, and it was already, even though at the time it was still somewhat close, it was already very much looked like a one sided game, and. And yeah, but I didn't really pay much attention oh, yeah. in the second half. And I even, I think I fell asleep before it was necessarily over. But yeah, like they just, just ruined them. And I know like some people said, oh, Daniel Jones played terrible, blah, 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 blah. I've also seen some others. I didn't notice him necessarily being the problem. Um, and then I also have heard some other people say that they didn't necessarily agree with that. They just thought overall. Uh, the Eagles were just so dominant, but also it really highlighted that how the Giants defense just didn't play that well that game, but also they don't have a true receiver. No. So it was that thing that defensive, yeah, like defensively the Eagles were just like, yeah, that's- we just got to stop the run pretty much whether it's stopping Jones from being trying to be sneaky, which he's not, he has that ability. He's not necessarily a running quarterback, I would say, but he did scramble, but it was mostly it's like, Hey, if we can stop Saquon and they don't really have a, a star receiver. And, um, and I think that really shown like you got digs and digs is good. Um, but it's just yeah. Oh, sorry, no, I always do that. Bills. I even you caught me. I stopped talking. <laughs> I was like, He's not on the bill. No, I stopped. I stopped <laughs> talking. I was like, wait a second, that's not right. So, I, and I do that a lot with okay with him for some reason. But that's why that's why I stopped talking was because I realized what I had said. So yeah, you don't really have someone. Oh, okay, okay. They need they need a star receiver to. Otherwise, they're just too one-sided. And there's that thing in the NFL where it says you got you have to keep yeah. the defense honest, whereas the defense doesn't always know exactly what you're going to do. So they have to be wary of both the run or the pass. You don't – the Giants don't have to do that. And, yeah, it was just – it was disappointing because it just wasn't a good game. I like the Eagles mainly because I like Hurts, um, Jalen Hurts. But it just – as just a sports fan, it was a disappointing game. 
Well, they also are very similar to what I said the previous week against the, the Vikings. They're not a team that can come back from a big deficit because they don't have that receiver or receivers that can even be, you know, kind of get you back in the game a little bit. They don't have anyone like that. And uh, Richie James has been their best as far as I could tell the last like part of, part of the season, the latter part of the season at least. Um, but when they just got down by so many points, they just weren't coming back. And, you know, the yeah. Eagles weren't going to be stupid and run the ball eight times in the second half and like leave all this clock and time for the Giants. So they did what the Chargers should have done, run the ball a lot, and you know, just kind of keep that clock going, and the pressure against the um, the, op- the opposing team. So uh, let's let's move on to your game because it was actually closer than anticipated. Uh, I I was thinking I'd be right because I I said eight to ten points, and it was ten till they scored that field goal at the end, and then it became seven. Um, but man, I thought when Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, got that injury I was like oh this is it this is going to be where they just step up and they just like really take advantage of him being out because he missed I think that happened in the first quarter and he missed like the rest of the first half um maybe I'm wrong on that I, I can't remember the exact time he got injured but I was uh I know they had one good right. one really nice long drive with Henny and then um he Pat, Patrick Mahomes was like back for the third quarter so they're and so I thought they'd probably try to take advantage of it, uh, whether it be like him being out and then trying to get ahead or when he came back in, kind of taking advantage of his injury. And he actually played through the injury, I thought, better than I thought that he would. Um, and very successful, obviously. They, they came out the win, uh, relied a lot on Kelsey. But, uh, man, I I thought that was when he got injured. That was like just – priming up for your team to make it to the conference finals or the uh yeah the conference finals yeah i mean no one really expected the jaguars while people thought the jaguars would be better this year because of peterson and all no one really expected the jaguars to be this good no one knew like how good i don't think anyone expected how uh impactful kirk Christian Kirk would be on the season and so forth. It turned I did. out that he was in. Yeah, like <laughs> Sorry, a, a lot of people. A, yeah, a lot no. of people were kind of like, "Why? Why are they paying this guy this much money?" But it obviously it turned out really well. So overall, I am happy. Yeah, he was very good for them this year. Yeah, I'm happy with the Jaguars' season, even though we lost. Um, I mean, it's Kansas City, who very likely could win the Super Bowl. So I'm okay with the fact that they lost. Uh, it was it was competitive, but um, the second quarter is what really killed Jacksonville. And so when when Mahomes went down and Henny came in, Henny came in and immediately had that yeah that ninety something yard drive for a touchdown. So in the second quarter, so it was tied. First quarter was tied 7-7, but then in the second quarter, the Chiefs scored 10 points and Jags only got a field goal. So that was the main issue. Our We didn't do a great job blocking. Uh, like Lawrence was in trouble a good bit, but the main thing is our defense is just was unable to really hold the Chiefs back. 
they didn't score at all uh, in the third quarter, and the Chiefs only scored a field goal, but already it was 17 to 10. So, um, and I, th- I think what they didn't like, I, th- I thought with his injury that they would get more pressure on him because, like, that's what I probably would have done as a defensive coordinator is like, hey, let's blitz him a little bit. And he still was able to move around fairly well um, to make some plays. Like, I thought he stepped up a little bit. Uh, he did a couple of like back step, like three step drops, and was playing better than I thought that he would. Right. Um, and I thought your defense could have probably done a little bit better against him. Uh, again, it's Patrick Mahomes, and he is just a one of one. He's good. He's like just even the skill set. I don't care what his stats are and everything. What I see on the field is like one of the best quarterbacks. What he can do is just unreal. Um, regardless, like if he gets injured and it's a ending injury in the next game and he can never play football again. Like seeing Patrick Mahomes, even for a brief period of time, you know how he's, he's a great quarterback and given the amount of time and everything, he would go down as one of the best, you know, top 15, top 20, what have you. Right. Yeah. And I think the problem was, well, for one, and I've heard like some uh, like quarterbacks were talking about it and it's the idea that like when you get like a ankle sprain, especially like a high ankle sprain like that, that in the moment, the first few hours after it happens, you're really you're okay. It's the next day and the days after that it really can is painful. Yeah. So him coming back, it, with it, if it wasn't a playoff game, he probably wouldn't have. But him coming back isn't huge. Yeah, nah, so it's not it's not like a huge surprise. Um, I think the I think what hurt. Jacksonville being able to really go, even though I agree with you, they should have put more pressure on him. It's that even if he's not doing his normal running all over the place, he's a good pocket passer too. And they just have the weapons they have make it. So you still really have to watch a Kelsey and, and, you know, like, and other receivers. And then the, the running game's not terrible. So it's that thing of if they tried and put right, if they yeah, put too much pressure on him, um, all it takes is one or two times of picking up the blitz, and they're gonna make you pay for it. They're gonna make you pay for um, for chance and like a getting in the backfield versus really covering uh, the secondary. So I think that's the problem. He wasn't so injured that he couldn't still throw the ball well. Yeah. And really, I mean, you guys had a chance to, like, when Ag- they were driving and Agnew fumbled somewhere between the five and the goal line, uh, or the five and the three-yard line, I would say, um, you guys were going to, like, what, yeah, tie it I right mean, there, right? Yeah, was that could have be been a tie. tie. That's what really, really, that fumble was the nail in the coffin because we could have tied it and then we ran out of time. Uh, so again, though, overall, yeah, Jacksonville Jaguars did better than expected this year. And I'm happy for where we're headed. Um, and they gave... I would almost lock them down for the division again this, next year. Yeah, they got a very good shot at it. And um, I mean, they gave, they, they gave the Chiefs a fight. Now, it wasn't a huge fight. The Chiefs definitely seemed to have the momentum the whole game, but if he had not a fumbled, there was we could have 
it was definitely a chance to tie because ETN was having a pretty good game. Um, so mm-hmm. we definitely had a chance that if he hadn't fumbled the ball, we probably we likely could have tied, and then that would have meant that the last few minutes of that game would have been a whole different ball game. Oh yeah, because they would have been trying to kill the clock. The Chiefs, um, they would have been more of like let's try to get in the field goal range or something, and so we can get a field goal and win this game before going to overtime. Especially with you know the Mahomes injury, but it was a, it was a good game. Uh, I'm glad to see that you know obviously for your sake, but also just like I thought for sure that they would lock up that division and everything this year, and it did not look like it. They turned it around. Um, I know we've talked a lot about the future of them next year, and I like this team a lot. I love the receiving they have. I really hope that they bring back Ingram next year. Evan Ingram I thought was great for them. That basically gives them four receivers. They're just solid and then of course etn maybe he has a good a really solid second back in there i mean not agnew isn't but i would say probably like a almost like a power back or something like that would be kind of nice to have like another option um in certain situations but uh i really like the team a lot uh i think they have a pretty good outlook for for the next year um do you have a certain game you would like to talk about from sunday Sunday, like, I mean, first off, again, disappointing. Buffalo, where were you? Now we're, now I can mention Diggs. Like, uh, Diggs is a very good receiver, but he is not, like, a chase. Like, Bengals have – Chase and Higgins, and I would say Diggs is like Higgins right now, and and Boyd too. I would say right, and Boyd's good. Yep, yeah, Boyd's good. But I would say like Higgins is normally a number on most teams would be a number one, and I would say as and I would say like as far as like breakout ability, he and Diggs are probably about even. But then Cincinnati has Chase, who is. They're number one because he, I would, he's even better than Higgins, and so like Buffalo doesn't have that. I mean, Diggs is their main receiver. He's not their only, but he's the main receiver. But um, like I thought that was going to really be a competitive, really good game, especially with all of leading up to it with um Demar and all that had happened at the end of the regular season and the game getting canceled and the snow too, even the bills. Like just, I mean, great. I oh my gosh. He gets snow, but it's like, it started snowing before the game. Cause like, I was psyched for this game. This is the game I was looking forward to most this weekend. Yeah. Like the watching NFL, any game, but especially NFL in a snow covered field is just so epic. It's so cool to watch. It just adds so much to it. But, like, again, disappointing game. Cincinnati, for the most part, was in control. And I don't I don't know what happened to the Bills. Like, one, I wasn't disappointed. I loved it because I, I don't know if it's because of fantasy this year, but I really like Joe Burrow. Like, I really like, – I should I should dislike him so much because you know obviously they're a team on my division, 
and I really didn't uh, like them for a long period of time, but I have a soft spot for the Bengals right now and I hate it. <laughs> and I really like Joe Burrow and I hate that too, but he's, he has such like a, a, a calmness about him when he goes out there and like, okay, a lot of people were saying, like, I thought um, just the way I was watching the end of the season, I thought the Bengals were playing great. I, that's why I picked them to win the AFC. And then oh, they lost sure. that, that lineman. And I was like, okay, now they're down three linemen. That's going to be tough. You couldn't even tell. I mean, honestly, they did such a good job holding everybody. They ran the ball extremely well. Um, he was like, the start of the game, I think it was like nine of nine for like 105 yards and two touchdown passes. Like he was just remarkable. And it, it, I, I just love Joe Burrow, man. Like he has, he has like this, he's just good. Like he goes out, he, he just, I don't know how this guy doesn't get compared. I, I feel like kind of like you with like Lamar Jackson to a degree that every time I hear about young quarterbacks, Mahomes, des- you know, deservedly number one. And I, I mean, Allen is very good. I'm not taking away anything from Allen. I hear, I hear Allen usually second, and then I hear Herbert. Burrow is better than both Herbert and Allen. And I know he has, I know he has different pieces and stuff like that. I understand like what you'll come back at me at, but as far as like his composure on the field, he rarely, he doesn't have like crazy turnovers. Like he, I, against the Steelers, the first game of the season, he just, I don't know what that was, but like he, that's like really his first like shit the bed kind of game that I've seen. Like he's very composed for the most part. And still, even with all those turnovers, they bring them back and they went overtime. The kicker just kind of flubbed a couple things there, but um, he just is, I, I don't know how, I mean, Herbert, yeah, may have more skills and stuff, but he hasn't done it on the field. He's made one playoffs this year and they blew a 27 point lead. Now, granted, it's not on him. It's, you know, the defense play calling things like that, but it's like, I don't know how this is the second best quarterback in the AFC. Joe Burrow. I mean, I just don't understand it. It just blows my mind. He's already went to one Super Bowl in his second year. He got injured his first year, and they weren't going to be great anyway. They were going to be maybe middling around like 500. Um, and then this year, another year, they started off kind of slow, and now they're just like they hit their stride, and they're two games away from winning the Super Bowl. So I, I am really having a good time watching this Bengals team. I think they have enough defense to to kind of keep it in there. They have a great offense, a lot of weapons. I thought they were going to beat Buffalo just because Buffalo losing Von Miller was a big thing for them. Um, granted, they they have more offensive weapons than Buffalo, but still Buffalo can hang around with what they have. It's just I thought the defense was going to be the key in that game, and it was. I mean, Buffalo just didn't do much on defense to stop them the whole game. Even when they got back in it, it was like 14-7. Like, okay, well, they're hanging around. It's not out yet. You know, they're so close. It's one score. And then um, – I get why it was called incomplete, but man, that, that touchdown to chase was what, what, what I thought very close to being a touchdown um, at uh, it would have been 21 to seven at that point. They had to settle for a field goal, but uh, they just, they just looked good. They, they kind of looked like they first started that one game that never got finished, how they went out just fi- on firing on all, like all cylinders. So uh, I, I don't know this Bengals team. I know they kind of get, um, underrated like Buffalo everyone was on them at the start of the year and then of course Kansas City and reasonably so Kansas City but uh and I think the Chargers but me people overlook this this Bengals team I, I the Bengals team is very good and uh, I know they had a tough 
game against Baltimore, but you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the type of team we, we talked about last week. That's the type of team Baltimore is the kind of division they play when they play each other uh, playoffs or just regular season game. Uh, but yeah, I, I just want to, I just want to some gush about some Joe Burrow love there and uh, the Bengals. And... Yeah. So I, I mean, I was just disappointed in the game. I wasn't surprised at how well the Bengals played except for I did expect I did not expect the offensive line to be that dominant. Yeah. Yes, losing Von Miller hurt the Bills, but just because of all the injuries on the offensive line, I thought the Bills defense would step up a little bit better than it did. But I mean, in the first quarter it was 14 to nothing, and that's really what did it more than anything. Um uh, yeah, in the second quarter, the Bills scored a touchdown, but then the Bengals got a field goal, so they were still up um, two scores at halftime. And from that point on, the Bills – the only thing the Bills did in the fourth quarter was they got a field goal, and then they were done after that. I, it was just – I was surprised. and But that's where I – that's where the whole Diggs thing comes in. As as good as Diggs is, they don't have like a superior run game. The Bills don't. It's solid. You just nailed it. Yeah, it's solid, but it's not superior. And they need to sign someone or draft someone because yep. they rely too much on Josh Allen to run the ball instead of their actual yep. running back. And right. so and they, they Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say Singletary is nice. He's a nice complimentary piece. I think who knows what James Cook will be next year, you know, but he's they're good showing signs. Yeah. Oh, he is. He's had some breakout games. So maybe he gets more incre- like an increased role next year, but if they can get a very solid running back in there and take advantage of it. And then um, I think they really need to solidify the third receiver. I think Gabe Davis is their second, but he's, He's a hit or miss second receiver right. um, this year. He I expected is. a big year from him, and he was very hit or miss this year. Yeah. And then the, the third most, receiver. Yeah, because, I mean, for the most part, it's it's blanket coverage on – or, like, just, like, double coverage or really, like, really focus on stopping digs and then – have have one or two people to kind of really watch Josh Allen. And if you could do that, then that that gives them a shot. Now granted, the Bills have played better. Not taking anything away from the Bengals, but the the Bills have played better than they did this game. They really yeah. have. Um but so like they have been better. There's a reason why they were considered to be so good. Um but they just didn't it was the Bengals just out physically outplayed them on the line. And then you have someone like Joe Burrow with more weapons. I think that was the main thing. Cause I do think Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow are pretty equal as far as like talent wise. I do think they're pretty equal. They're both very much leaders of their team. Yeah. I think the I think the the difference is um 
Chase is better than Diggs. I love Diggs, but Chase is a more powerful breakout receiver. And then he also has a Higgins and they ran the ball well. Whereas the Bills have Diggs. And like I said, if you can really try and lock down Diggs, then you don't have to worry about the run game a ton. So there's just not as many weapons to go against. And I think that's what I think that's what sets Burrow um apart from an Allen is they're both already extremely talented, and then Burrow has more to work with. Now, I don't know what voices you listen to, though, because other than the Bengals had at the very beginning of the season, they had a rocky start. Most of the people I listen to in sports are like, oh, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. They got Joe Burrow is incredible. Like, I already have had a lot of people saying it's that it that he was better than Herbert. Not necessarily saying he was better than Josh Allen. They were, those two people were kind of interchangeable when you would do a list. One week you would say Burrow was like one ahead. One the next week you may say Allen was one ahead. But most people I talked to already considered Joe Burrow to be one of, if not um, the best quarterback in the NFL below. Mahomes this season like last year they they started calling like some his nickname became thorough they started calling him Joe thorough instead of Joe Burrow <laughs> um, I would say the only difference um, for me that I would say I like about Burrow's game is uh, he usually doesn't have a, a turnover I, I mean like and I mean like I can't throw picks or something like that um Josh Allen, I've noticed from watching them like the last, well, a good portion of the season, I won't say all season or anything, he tries to force a lot. That's the thing I've noticed about him, and it can kind of bite him in the ass because they either get a fumble sometimes if he's running, um, or like he'll throw a pick. Like that one game, they should have beat the Vikings, and that just was just insane. That that ending where they end up losing the game in overtime. Um, but just things like that. I feel like even in the game, like I think he threw a pick. It was later in this game, uh, Sunday, but I, I think he just tries to do too much sometimes. And granted, it could be the the lack of weapons there as well. Um, yeah. And I've, like I said, I think they need to run the ball more. I think they get, need to get a, like a really solid running back in there that's like more of like a one or two running back. Like, okay, he is a free agent this year. Could you imagine if they signed Pollard? Yeah, that would be crazy. Cause, that would be, um, that'd be incredible because he would fit well with that yeah. offense. Yep. I, I, like you said, you know, Singletary's good, and I've said it. I like him. He's consistent. He is a very solid running back, but he's more of a number two. He's not a breakout running back. And Cook has had flashes of that this year, and it may be that they that next year – they swap it, and instead of Singletary being their main back, they make Cook because since he has some flashes of being that more like breakout big yardage running back, that that may be all they need to do is swap those two. I don't know. Yeah, but if they don't think Cook is there yet, I'm with you. They need to sign that and make Singletary like their number two. Um, yeah, if they got Pollard, that would be incredible. Um, I do agree with you. Like, uh, Allen has does kind of force it, and I I do think that's more weapons 
that he just has to do more than like Burrow. And again, I'm not trying to take it away from Burrow. Yeah. Right now, of the teams left, Mahomes and Burrow are the two best quarterbacks. And I would say by a lot. By a lot. Yeah, because I, I think, yeah, I mean, nothing against her because I, I like Hurts a lot. I think that I've, I've, you know, since like he played at Alabama and then he transferred and kind of like took that so well, getting benched um, for Tua. I, I really have always had like a soft spot for Jalen Hurts. And of course I had him in fantasy last year because I thought, you know, I thought he was going to be great. And he was, he was very solid in fantasy last year. So I've always enjoyed watching Jalen Hurts. But just as far as like quarterbacks, I mean, we're seeing the best too. We're not going to see the best version of both two this week because I mean Mahomes I think is going to be hindered, you know, in the game. Yeah, I um, I honestly worry about him playing because that's the thing. Like the days after that injury is when it's worse, and my concern yeah. is with how hampered he could be. The chances of either injuring that worse or injuring something else because you do have to, cause you're just a little more timid. You're a little more rigid, rigid. So like you don't take hits as well. Obviously it's the playoffs. He's going to play, but I'm a little concerned about it. The chances of him having either re injuring that or injuring something else. Cause it's going to be a more rigid type play because it's going to hurt. He's going to be in pain. I think you just muted yourself. <laughs> I did, but me saying yeah. that I, that was on purpose. It's be so in I was pain. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll go to the last game so we can uh, get closer to the end just because it's getting a little later and everything. But um, it'll, it'll definitely be I, – I think I'm intrigued for that game a lot. Again, I've been watching a lot of the Bengals, and I'm, I'm, I really like this Bengals team. Uh, and I think we're getting the best version now of the NFC as well, because I honestly thought either team could win this game, but I liked San Fran heading into, you know, versus the Cowboys. And I don't have a lot. I want to say, um, I don't think it went about as I expected. You know, I don't think that, that they necessarily, it was definitely a defensive game is going to be, I don't know why people thought it was going to be a high scoring team game. Uh, Dallas has a great defense. I had their defense in fantasy this year. They're very, very good. And San Fran has the best defense right now in the NFL as far as, you know, I'm not saying they're an all-time great. I'm just saying as of the season, they've been the best defensive team, in my opinion. So I don't know why people thought it was going to be, like, over 48 points. Like, that just seems crazy to me. Um, so I thought it was going to be, like, a low 20s kind of scoring game at best, like 21, 24, something like that. Uh and it was kind of that. It was, what, 19-12, I think, was the final score. And uh, it, it kind of went, like, as I anticipated. Like, I – It's hit. a weird score. Like, 19-12 to 12 yeah, they, is a weird score in football. I thought San Francisco would score more. Even though, yes, they have a great defense. I thought they would score more than they did. I didn't expect to be high they scoring. They seem to play safe a lot. Yes. I do I think they, they didn't do a ton of like extra play. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't do anything like super fan. And I think that's because they thought, I think after probably the first couple of drives, like well, here's what we can do. We can basically just win by doing this, this, and this. Let's just do that. 
and we'll kind of keep our playbook tight to the chest because I think they're going to have a harder time with the Eagles as far as putting up points um, and a lot more to cover than the Cowboys. Really, I wouldn't even put a lot of the blame on Dak. The only thing I think that was just complete, like, just I could not believe it as I'm seeing it because I knew how it was going to happen was that final play of the game. Like, I don't know who thought that was going to work because you literally going to – he was going to hike the ball. Zeke was going to get just fucking trucked. And then... Which he did, but okay. <laughs> if Zeke had not have gotten trucked, there's the potential because you really throw off the defense. If they could have snapped the ball before defense called timeout, and I think that's a lot of it. So for anyone that didn't watch this, the final play of the game, they lined up super crazy. They had offensive linemen out wide as receivers. There was only one blocker in the middle of the field, and that was Ezekiel Elliott, and he was set just as a blocker. He hiked the ball. He was the center, and he was the only lineman. Um, If you can do that and snap the ball before the defense calls a timeout, you catch them off guard. Dallas didn't seem to hurry up to do that, though. They gave them plenty of time to call timeout. Um, but with that, with that said, it's such a weird play. If Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott, who Ezekiel Elliott of old was a powerhouse that should be able to block someone, and if he had been able to get a good block and Dak had time. Not against the linemen. <laughs> Not against the D line. Yeah. He's not that big. <laughs> yeah, I mean Ezekiel Elliott got trucked, but also Ezekiel Elliott is not is it would is not what sense. he was. I mean Pollard is the better running back of the no, two, no, no, which no. that hurt them. Pollard Absolutely. got hurt. It did. That that was a big loss. I mean he he was he actually broke his uh, one he broke his leg today. I can't remember which bone, but he did break his leg. It was official. So he's gonna be at least three months for sure. But I mean, it doesn't matter now. It's off season, but. Um, for me, I just think like that play is not going to work. And then the other team calls a timeout and you could really think about like, do we really want to run this as our last play? I get the thing, like maybe we'll throw them off defense. Maybe we can have some blocking upfield or something, but ideally you really look at it like, okay, they're going to put two guys down there that are linemen. They're going to just run him over like a Mack truck. And then you're going to be, you have no time to pass. And if you put two guys in line in front of Zeke, that's exactly what's going to happen. Even with all those people out on the outside, it's it's very hit or miss at that point. And it was it was just yeah. I saw the play call and I started laughing. And this is before the first oh, time yeah. out. And I was like, okay, this is not going to work. What's going to happen? And I I nailed it. I was like, he's going to get trucked. It's not going to go anywhere. And that was the dumbest play I've ever seen. Uh, well, one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Um. And that's it. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah, happened. It was ridiculous. It was wild. But I mean, it wasn't a bad game. I just, it went as I expected. Like, I, I, I expected very defensive game um, and just kind of like playing to their strengths. They didn't, like I said, I didn't expect them to, to be as so close to the chest um, on some of their play calling. Uh, they didn't really do a whole lot of extra stuff. Not that I'm complaining. I just was kind of kind of surprised. And I think I wonder if it's like, well, I think we have Dallas kind of where we want them. So we'll just kind of keep it simple i do too much yeah i mean i wouldn't say put all the blame on dak either but in general dak prescott this season has mediocre yeah he he played 
for the level that you expect the Cowboys to be and the amount of money he makes, um, I feel like mediocre is a bit much, but he is not what people thought he was going to be. And he he played great the other night, but then this game, he just – it was – it was just not – he did not play as well. It was more what you expect. This is the Dak we know. Yeah. This is the Dak we've seen the last two seasons, and that's what he was. What yeah. did surprise me was at some point in the first half, I want to say it was already the second quarter, uh, there was a stat where Dak Prescott was leading the game in rushing yards. Like, that surprised Mike Sanfran. You got McCaffrey and Debo. Why have y'all not ran it more in the first half? Like that that stat surprised me. Not only was Ezekiel, and I don't know if Pollard was hurt yet, but not only were they not running it a ton, which isn't as good as they are, like you said, San Fran's got a great defense. That wasn't huge. But the fact that that Prescott was the leading rusher at that point, that McCaffrey and Debo hadn't done much. That surprised that surprised me. Um, but then in the second half, they kind of broke out a little more. They still didn't do a ton. Like you said, they did kind of keep it close. And you had like Kittle and all that also did well. So I do think you're right. It was more of um, that it was a weird game. But their defense was just holding, really, really holding Dallas in check. So that San Fran never really had to, like, really, like, like fire all cylinders. It was more of, you know, our defense is playing great and our offense is being able to just be smart and run through the motions and, and we're holding them back. Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, that definitely, I feel like, kind of, like, wraps that, like, kind of, like, ties that game together, so to speak. Like, uh, it's kind of, like, exactly how that game went. And I think we're definitely getting the matchup of the two best teams, for sure, in the, in the NFC. Um, so, uh, pick update is I'm 8 of 10. Uh, I was 5 of 6 last weekend. I was 3 of 4 this weekend. Um, not That's still pretty games. darn good. So, yeah, what was your – Not terrible. What, yeah, what was the one that you – The Giants. Yeah, you thought the Giants would go – I had them beating the Eagles. Which, yeah, I – that was the one I kind of questioned you on a little bit. I was like, I, that's a 50-50 for me. I just – I just did not expect the Eagles to come out rusty. I was I, – I knew they definitely had a chance to win that game. I did not expect it to be the blowout it was. Um yeah, I think that's what was more, especially being like a divisional matchup and everything. Jones um, needs there's they need a receiver. They need a receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's yeah, definitely. Um, I'm still sticking with my same two Super Bowl picks. They're still alive. You know, Cincy and San Fran. Uh, I'll be brief on why I think. Uh, obviously, um, I think it's a great matchup. Mahomes is going to be limited, so that's you know doesn't make it as great as it would be otherwise uh, between Kansas city and Cincinnati. Um, I think given all I've seen from Cincinnati lately and Mahomes being kind of limited, uh, I, I expect it to be 
I don't want to say like it's not gonna be a blowout or anything, but I I think the Bengals win by like seven. Like I'm at least four, four to seven, somewhere in that range. I think that even though it's in Kansas City, I still like the Bengals. I think they have a little bit better of a defense than Kansas City, and I think that they have um, definitely more weapons on offense and a quarterback that's not hurt. So all going in favor for the Bengals. So that was the the richest pick uh, that I had for the Super Bowl because, um, you know, Buffalo and the Chargers and all these other teams, at least on paper, like at least pose the threat. I think now looks pretty clear, uh, you know, at least on paper from what I can see that they should make the Super Bowl. And then the, on the other side, um, I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, I think both defenses, again, are good. Uh, San Fran being a little bit better. Uh, the offense will be, I think, the key in this game because I think Philly can put up a lot of points. They have two deep threats. Agree. In, uh, Brown and Smith, great receivers. Uh, Smith has been awesome this year. And I, did, I didn't know if he'd be that great with um, uh, A.J. Brown coming to the team, like if you trail off a little bit and it's not happened. Um, I think it's going to be higher scoring. I think like both teams, it's like a third, I could see like a 31 28 or a 34 31 kind of game as well, even with the defense from both sides. Um, yeah, no, I agree I still, with that. I'm going to go San Fran. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a tough one. Now, where is the game? Is it, and it's in Philly, which that's a hard, I've always heard that like that's a mm-hmm. hard place to be the, to visit. Um, uh, Oh man, like on paper, I feel like Philly should just barely have the edge because it's at home. And on paper, it's going up against a third string quarterback. Now, in in play, Purdy has not played like a third string quarterback. Like yes he has a lot of weapons that no. and that helps but like he's making plays he i mean like he is playing so much better than a third string quarterback so i don't know i'm still calling this one a 50-50 game um yeah i think i think obviously this one could go either way i could see eagles just putting up a ton of points and then san fran not keeping up or i could see it being like very competitive the entire way um, it, it truly, I think, is is very, very close to call. I think we're, and I'm glad we're getting this instead of the Giants because the Giants definitely wouldn't be able to to win. Oh yeah, against yeah. San Fran. No, so I, I like this matchup on paper better. Yeah, I think it has the. I mean, granted, I thought some of this past week's games had the potential to be really competitive, and they weren't. But this one definitely has uh, the potential to be a really good, really competitive game, and I think it will be because. The both teams are so stellar offensively, and so yeah, I think that's going to be. I think it's going to be a yeah. really, really good one. I'm excited for that one. Um, with the other, yeah, it's the first game of the weekend yeah, too. That's um, I'm stoked. Now the other game, I I would give the edge to Kansas City if Mahomes wasn't hurt. Since since Mahomes is hurt, yeah. I I give the edge uh, to Cincinnati a little bit. I do. It would have been a close game either way. I mean, it would have been. I mean, Cincinnati beat Kansas City last year, so it's and so it would have been a close game. I think either way, but I do feel like 
him being hurt gives the edge a little bit to Cincinnati now. And what I want to say is, uh, regardless of who wins this coming weekend, I think we're going to have an entertaining Super Bowl because you're either going to have Mahomes or Burrow. And if Mahomes is healthier two weeks, you know, down the road, and he's maybe a little bit, most high ankle sprains take about a month or so to heal. So he still probably wouldn't be a hundred percent for the Super Bowl. but you know, either one of those teams, you have either one of the, the NFC teams are, are really solid. I think we could have a very high scoring, uh, Super Bowl. Um, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens, but I'm not going to be disappointed no matter who makes it. Even if like, I'm totally wrong here in Kansas city and Philadelphia make it, uh, you know, from this weekend, I think we're going to have a good Super Bowl matchup and that's really what I want. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if, we'll see if my picks hold true. If I get two for two this weekend, I can at least get 11 of 13, uh, by the end of the postseason. So we'll see. Which is darn good. I mean, it really is. Yeah. That's, that's pretty good predictions. And, and I agree with you. I think out of these four teams, a good. I think there's definitely a chance for a really good Super Bowl. It's crazy how young all of the quarterbacks are. Um, like starting quarterbacks are yeah. out of these four teams. Like I guess Mahomes is the oldest. Yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. It, it really is, <laughs> and oh. and it's really it's it's really show, showing in the NFL this year. Um, because you've also seen it with like Josh Allen is young and what Purdy is doing. You're seeing mm-hmm. these really young guys that are getting a lot of respect and are really being really strong leaders. That's one of the big things like the Buffalo Bills, for the most part, though, digs kind of. Diggs made some people mad because he was upset after the loss. He's competitive. I don't think Diggs did anything wrong necessarily. Um, I I still th- I still think he has a lot of respect for no. um, for Josh Allen and all. But in general, we are seeing in these playoffs so many of these quarterbacks are really young, and they are even Trevor Lawrence. You know, like you're just seeing young leadership really stepping up and you got these guys that are much older than them that have been in the team in the league longer that are like that like I will follow this guy Burrow is a perfect example you know I mean this is his second this is really only his second season because he was hurt all of his first year Mm -hmm. he got hurt I think the first game of the season or something crazy no, no, it was mostly was it later. It was like at least, it was like a game maybe around like week eight or nine. It I was didn't later think it was season. that far. But yeah, it was, it but, was a little later. I don't know if like offhand, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was like a, at least closer to two thirds into the season. Okay. We knew he was going to get injured. And I say we, uh, but like the, I would say the community as a whole, because he got sacked so many times that like him getting, injured wasn't a surprise because he kept getting hit so much that season too yeah um but just like just we're really really seeing young quarterbacks really stepping up and being really good leaders and so like i think the future of the nfl with that is really really bright because so many of the top quarterbacks right now are much younger I mean, even Lamar, I don't know what's going to end up happening with him. 
but he's young too. So I'm really excited for where things are heading with all these young guys. Like even the Purdy, I would say at this point, regardless of Trey Lance recovery, Purdy should be the starter next year for San Fran. You know? Yeah. So I'm really excited for it. I mean, he's done so yeah. well. That Kittle catch was wild. That uh, where he bobbled it. Kittle is so good. Kittle is so great. I watched great. it later, and I was like, "Yeah, oh yeah." Kittle I watched is... the post game interview with him too. He's like, "I wanted to add some drama." <laughs> like BS. You just almost dropped the ball. That's all it is. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like that was. He's crazy. I, I, he had a, and he had a quiet year for his standards this year. Yeah, he did. He's, really, he wasn't unlocked until Purdy started coming in. Then, like Purdy started passing it to him more, uh, and that, honestly, it was probably one of the best things right. for because if they had Jimmy G as their quarterback, you know, I'd be saying he's going to throw a terrible pick at some point. Let's hope it's early and it's not like when the game matters at the end. Um, and he just doesn't turn the ball over like that. And granted, maybe that's some of that's coaching. We're not going to let him do too much to turn the ball over. But they, I thought they handled it beautifully and uh, pulled out a good win. Yeah. I, I Early, the first few games when he came in, it, there, it was probably definitely some of keeping it a little safe. But wow, he's good. I would say the last few games, it's turned a leaf of – no, Purdy's pretty well in control. Like, and that's the thing. It's like, it's not just safe. It's also he's making plays. He's checking off receivers. He's finding like Kittle and other people as like his third option and things like that. And like, he's, he's becoming like the playmaker, mm-hmm. the decision maker. So as it's gone on, which this is like the, you would think the worst time of the year for that for a third string quarterback you know this was would be when you would the most kind of be like let's be safe and uh, he's shown enough that they're kind of letting Shanahan and them are kind of letting him take control which is cool I I, I like to see it um uh, it's getting like one o'clock so I gotta go to bed so I can get some sleep uh for tomorrow but uh if there's anything else you wanted to shout out, I'll give you a couple minutes there, but I am going to tap out of the sports segment uh, just because uh, I'm, I'm really tired and I do have to get some sleep. But if you have anything you'll mention real quick, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, just like, you know, I've been following some of the NBA and the NBA is starting to become frustrating this season because, like, there's so many good teams that it's like that just – the Denver is the only like super consistent team right now. There's so many like, why did you lose this game? Obviously, the Mavs are still doing good, but they've lost. They lost to the Clippers the other night, and Doncic wasn't on the bench. It wasn't a rest day for him, you know. And so, like now, Christian Wood did get hurt, and that affected them. But but in general, there's it's like aside from Denver, I'm just kind of. The NBA is getting a little frustrating because there's these teams that you should be looking more, a lot more dominant than they are. Not just the Mavs, but others in general should be looking more dominant than they are, I feel. And it's just like, come on. 
I mean, overall, it's still good, but there's a little bit of that. Like some of these, um, like teams that should be really starting to take charge, um, second half of the season, they're start they're looking like, are they going to do that? I don't know, but I'm still here for it. It's still, I'm, I'm it's still exciting. But yeah, it's like at, it's starting to shape up to like where it's like, is anyone going to beat Denver in the West at all? Or are they just going to landslide, take the West, and then let the East beat up on each other? And then, you know, and then take – at this point, like if the if you were going into the playoffs right now, it's like, oh, Denver's going to win. Nothing left to say. So I don't know. But that's about it. Um, I'm excited for – I'm excited for um, this week in the NFL, obviously, like we've been saying, and then – like you said, I think we'll have a good Super Bowl no matter what. But that's all. And we have. Um, uh, I like. I like to. Def- I like to call this uh, tweeting season because uh, we have the Super Bowl, the Grammys, and then NBA All Star Weekend three weekends in a row. And it's when I'm probably most active on Twitter because there's so much going on just like every weekend. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Every, that's yeah, there's a lot. Next next uh, couple weeks after we have a. Uh, championship then we have grammys super bowl nba all-star weekend so wow <laughs> and then and then not too long after that we get into march madness which i've not paid any attention to college yet but i have but it's been very very small amounts yeah all so. right well uh that's all for me because i gotta go get some sleep <laughs> All right, yeah, that's been Top Players Podcast. Watch me Yellow Jackets. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm three episodes in. It's that on uh, season one. That is such a crazy, wild show. It's good. I see why everybody liked it so much. And then obviously the last, the Last of it's, Us has been it's... incredible. The first two episodes as well. Oh, I really liked it, and I like the clickers and uh, like seeing them for the first time. And again, this is. I knew the the first part just was like that beginning part of the game, and this is all new to me. So it was kind of it was really cool. Uh, and then you watching Yellow Jackets has me like so, uh, psyched for the new season because I just watched it around Christmas time, and it was a show I watched in less than a week. I watched <laughs> ten. I can see why. Yeah, it's it sucks you in, and it's like you just want to keep finding out what happens because it's, it's such a weird. You don't know the whole story, and I I knew. The only thing I knew was about like a girls' soccer team. I had no idea they're going to be like playing Crash in the Wilderness. Like I had no idea what the show was going to be about. Watching it, it's very like, Lord of the Flies. The yeah, yeah. It's a very, it's a very Lord of the Flies. But you have that aspect of you're seeing. It's flashbacks, so you also get to see some of the uh, the people that went through the Lord of the Flies thing, in present time as adults. So it's really cool. It's definitely got a lot of horror aspects to it that I like. So, yeah, it's really, really good. Yeah, it's it's good. New season in in uh, March. Um, I don't want. I can't. I can't say anything right now because I don't want to give anything away or even hint at anything. Yeah. But uh, I will. This doesn't mean anything. Elijah Wood is going to be in the new season. So he's a. Character. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's a character in it. And again, I don't want to tell you a character because this is one of those shows where anyone could die and you never know. So I don't want to ruin anything. But 
I'm really psyched for that show, and yeah. I've been, I'm loving. And we'll probably record again next Monday because uh, uh, after the games end at nine thirty, ten o'clock, I'll probably watch Last of Us because it's been like awesome. Like I'm really enjoying Last of Us, and I can't wait. I gotta yeah. play the game too. I have it here to borrow. I borrowed it, so I gotta. I gotta. Use yeah, it I, I I knew nothing because I just haven't been in game culture and oh my gosh, really since high school. Um, so other than like knowing about Halo and stuff like that, I don't follow video games. So I never knew this existed. So it's been really, it, these two episodes have been incredible. Spoiler warning, listeners, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. I'm not going to say it again. I was, and this is not a knock, but I was very surprised how quickly they got rid of Tess. She made it like a one and like three quarters of an episode. I was very surprised that she was gone in the second episode. Yeah. I had a feeling that she would die at some point because, again, I've not played the game. I don't know how the game ends. I don't even know what parts in the game, but I feel like that she wasn't there the entire game. So I felt like at some point she was going to die, but I didn't realize it'd be episode two. That I didn't know. Yeah. One thing I I like, it seems like they. have you been watching like the bonus content for like five minutes after the show ends where they kind of talk about oh, it? Oh, yes. Bit? I have normally I don't, but I, I have been for this show since I know anything about it. So, like, I didn't realize they kept true to the game for the most part, part but uh, they didn't do the spores. So, it translated better to TV. They did it um, through like touch and whatnot and, and like um, saliva and things like that versus. Um, like the spores in the air, which makes sense. You wouldn't see them on screen. Right. It'd be a lot tougher. And it would be a lot. It would. And one of the things they said, which makes sense is if you also really talk about how this is also airborne, it makes it so much harder to, for people to not be infected. Like I think in the game, I think they wore masks. I think I remember them saying that, that in the game they wear masks to help with it. And you're not seeing that in this television mm-hmm. show. So it would be really hard to not say, like, well, isn't everyone going to get infected just for being outside? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree there. But uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot. Uh, that's why I did, again, why I've been uh, doing so much. Just go. I've been watching, like, uh, some TV shows Why I have, like, Netflix. And I watched a couple movies. Um yeah, the menu was, was it was very interesting. It was a very interesting take. It wasn't much of a horror movie as much as like a satire with horror elements. Uh, it was good, uh, but I, I enjoyed it. it as uh, yeah, uh, the it's... guy played Beast in the X Men movies. It had Anya Taylor Joy, um, John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah, I love John Leguizamo, and he hasn't done much in the last several years, a... but I like him a lot. Yeah, it's on HBO. It's it's fairly new. I feel like it just is either came out the theaters not too long ago, but it was one of their newer movies. But uh, yeah, all right, for I real- don't think it. I don't think it was in theaters long. It's one of my list. I don't. I, Train's on for me to go to bed. So, as you can hear in the background. Uh, yep. All right. On that Last note, train coming. <laughs> yep. This has been top plays. Woo-hoo!